You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker, breaking down all the betting angles you need to put money in your wallet. At Vince Goodwill on Twitter, he's now senior NBA writer over at Yahoo Sports. What are you expecting tonight against the Sixers with the Lakers? More of the same. I think they're just in a groove right now. Like Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid, as we as we spoke about earlier, yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup, but the matchup tonight will probably be LeBron against Tobias Harris. Harris drives on Crusoe. Hey! Fire shoots and makes it with two point four to go. The Lakers don't have timeout. Sixers lead by one. Caruso looking to inbound. Inbound it goes to Davis. Davis dribbling with he be there. He throws it up and no good. And the Sixers beat the Lakers 107 106 on a game winning shot by Tobias Harris. Oh yeah. We just want our respect. The Laker Nation want their respect. And I want my damn respect, too. You got baby, that's why you ain't winning. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker on the bet. 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 Yeah, big game last night. You heard the highlight right there. BetQL Daily on the bet at BetQL Daily on Twitter here. Weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, 8 to 11 a.m. Mountain in Denver on 1430 The Bet, brand new station there. Very excited about our partnership. And let's uh, let's take a dive into the NBA, everything going on uh, in the league, in the association. Ryan McDonough joins us at McD NBA. He's a former NBA executive turned host of the Radio.com NBA show. So uh, make sure you are subscribed to that podcast uh two episodes per week from ryan and ryan we've got to start with the action uh last night involving the lakers and the sixers anything that that you're going to take away from in that specific spot uh good morning guys always great to be on with you Uh, the thing that stood out watching the game is uh, i think this could very well be a finals preview i mean these are the top two teams candidates on both sides, LeBron for the Lakers and uh, Joel Embiid for Philadelphia, who would be my pick if we had to vote today on the MVP. That's how good I think Embiid is, has been and how, how well Philly has played, especially when Embiid's in the lineup. The 76ers are now 13-2 and two on the year. So it was a terrific game. I, I love the uh, play that Frank Vogel ran to get Anthony Davis a bucket going to the basket uh, to give the Lakers the lead uh, late in the game. And then uh, Tobias Harris got a switch on Alex Caruso. He hit a big shot. So uh, I was really impressed, guys. Those are two of the better teams in the league. And uh, I wouldn't at all be surprised if we see those two teams again when the finals come around in July. Ryan, there's other things I want to ask you, but I'm a Sixers fan, so I- I'm not stopping this. I mean, Joe's going to have to be the one that changes the topic. I, I want you to just keep saying – amazing things about the Sixers. I guess the question is, Ryan, what has changed? I mean, do we give Doc Rivers most of the credit? 
Is there something that Maury did that he gets it? I know you're on the executive side, but what's different when you watch this Sixers team from last year? Yeah, there are a lot of differences, Ross, uh, with, starting with the personnel. I, I thought the fit last year was poor with Al Horford, who is a center playing alongside Joel Embiid, who is a center uh, playing alongside Ben Simmons, who is not a good perimeter shooter. So bringing in the extra shooting, and, and you have to give Daryl Morey and, and some extent Elton Brand credit for this as well, but bringing in uh, more shooting with the moves they made, bringing in Seth Curry, uh, bringing in Danny Green, you know, th- those moves and, and sending out Al Horford really paid off. Um, and then Tobias Harris, guys, I, I said this, you know, jokingly the other day, but, um, you know, wherever Doc Rivers coaches the rest of his career, Tobias Harris should just follow him around and play for Doc Rivers because Tobias played the best basketball of his career for Doc in L.A. when they were with the Clippers, and he's doing it again this year. Uh, he, he doesn't get a lot of attention because, as, as you know, guys, uh, especially you, Ross, following the Sixers, as closely as you do, when most people nationally talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, the first two names that come out of their mouths are Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But Tobias Harris has been the Sixers' second-best player this year, and he certainly deserves to be on the All-Star team. With Ryan McDonough, this is BetQL Daily on the bet. Uh, you mentioned MVP and Embiid. Uh, right now. And now these things I saw yesterday before last night's contest, but something that really shocked me. And I want people to talk about Jokic for them to say he's a leader because I have a 36 to one ticket on Jokic, but I saw hoops hype. They had their MVP rankings. They had Jokic one and B two, LeBron three uh, basketball reference, put out uh, their model. And they said, according to our model, this is where we have it right now. Jokic with a 41% chance of being the MVP before last night's game, they had Embiid at 13%. Uh, where do you put Jokic in the mix? I, I mean, some of the love that he's getting, I, I think it's over the top. It's, it's a lot tighter than that, especially uh, like LeBron's performance the other night. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think the, the stats that have them or the sites that have them running away with it are the heavy, heavily based, analytical sites, the ones that really lean into the stats, because his stats are phenomenal. When, when you look at what he does as far as points, rebounds, and then assists in particular from the center position, he's doing things that no center has ever done before, especially over a sustained period of time. So I think that's where it comes from. But the reality of this guy is, um, the reality of it is this guy's the, the Nuggets are 11-7. and seven. Uh, They're a good team. They got off to a slow start. They've won their last five games in a row. But historically speaking, the MVP, especially in recent history, comes from one of the best players uh, or the best player on one of the best teams in the league. And so I, as I look at the standings, um, I think Philly is, if they stay healthy and, and MB in particular, if he stays in the lineup, they are going to be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and, and likely the entire league. I think in the Western Conference, it's harder to say that. I, I, I don't think Denver is going to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference. In fact, uh, they're going to say it's going to take a lot of work for the Nuggets to stay in the top four uh, which is where they are now because you have the two L.A. teams and then Utah, who's playing better than any team in the league right now. So, um, I, you know, I, I get the love for Jokic. He's been phenomenal. He's been great late in games. He leads the league in clutch points. Um, but, you know, I, I think those odds are off. Like, I, I don't think that, um, especially with an 11-7 record, as well as Nikola Jokic has played, that he's head and shoulders above the MVP field at this point. As I mentioned, personally, I think Embiid is the front runner for MVP. As you know, Ryan, I've been skeptical of the team chemistry dynamic of the Brooklyn Nets. What do you make of their recent play, and what what do you see as their issues? 
Yeah, well, it's interesting. I watched their game closely last night. They played Atlanta. They beat the Hawks in overtime down in Atlanta. And one of the things that really stood out, and this has been a trend um, with their big three in the lineup. So ever since Kyrie Irving returned from his absence and James Harden arrived in a Brooklyn Nets uniform, it seems like one of those guys, you know, is left out. And it changes game to game. Last night it was it was Irving. Kyrie made a few big shots down the stretch. He had 26 points. But there, there were significant possessions, guys, where he was kind of a decoy. He stood in the corner and let James Harden do his thing. And Harden was very good, as he usually is. He had 31 points. 15 assists and eight rebounds in the overtime win. Um, but, but I just think Steve Kerr, uh, excuse me, Steve Nash, the coach is going to have to find a way to balance it out a little more, find a way to, you know, make those guys share the ball, uh, even within a game, you, you know, it can't vary game to game where, um, you know, if, if Harden dominates the ball, then Irving doesn't touch it. Or if Irving dominates it and Harden doesn't touch it. Um, so, so that's the biggest challenge I see offensively, but look, they have enough offensive talent, firepower, overcome almost anything uh, the concerns I have with them I think are the concerns everybody has with them on the defensive end and rebounding uh, especially when Jared Allen went out he was the best rebounder and their best rim protector so I, I think Brooklyn will look heavily at the trade market and the buyout market to see if there's a uh, it's not going to be a sexy exciting name most likely but if, if there is a veteran big man who gets bought out who can help them for their championship push yeah, I'd recommend uh, the betters out there take a look at the James Harden assist prop every night. Uh, Ryan, they've been eight and a half, nine and a half, and he's been crushing them in the third and fourth quarter. I mean, you mentioned his 15 assists last night. I believe he had two at halftime, so he had 13 in the second half of that game. Uh, but we go back to the Miami back-to-back here. He had nine attempts and 10 attempts in those two games and 20 last night. Is there going to be a consistent role for Harden once they get it figured out? Well, I think that's that's the biggest challenge is how does Steve Nash distribute the ball? I mean, I, I personally, I'd like to see more dribble handoffs and things like that, you know, where, where you have multiple stars touching the ball on the same possession. Uh, right now, it seems, um, you know, that, that either Kyrie or Harden, last night it was Harden, dribbles the ball up the court, initiates the offense. And then, as I mentioned, the other guy, last night it was Kyrie Irving, is stationed in the corner just kind of as a spot-up shooter, a decoy, or a, a secondary, or sometimes even a, a tertiary option if it's, say, a pick-and-roll with Durant and Harden and Irving's the third guy. So I think within possessions, guys, Brooklyn needs to figure out a way to get the ball moving side-to-side to side to have more guys touch it. Uh, even if the, the, the shots and possessions used, that distribution ends up being similar at the end of the game. I just think the way it looks and the way it feels especially when, when you're talking about big ego guys like Kyrie Irving and James Harden. I don't think having one of those guys stand off the ball and be a decoy for the majority of the game is best for the long-term success of the Brooklyn Nets. Ryan, let's talk Bucks. Uh, they are plus 650 to win the title. Is there some value there or is that not happening? I'm not as high on Milwaukee, guys. Um, you know, I, I understand what they've done. They've upgraded their team for sure. Um, but, you know, I think that, that there are a couple of concerns. One is that their best player, who, who's the two-time MVP, and, and last year, as you guys know, also won Defensive Player of the Year, of course, I'm talking about Giannis Adetokounmpo. Uh, he struggles to make shots off the dribble and shots over the top of the defense, uh, which you have to do to win at a high level in the playoffs in the NBA, at least in 2021. Um, but, but they're good enough offensively in the regular season. Uh, they're on pace, in fact, to have – the best offense in NBA history uh, when you look at their offensive rating. Um, but, so that, but they upgraded their team or they changed their team a little bit this offseason, guys. They added more shooting and floor spacing by bringing in uh, Bryn Forbes and DJ Augustin. 
Uh, those guys are very good offensive players, especially from a sh- spot-up shooting perspective, uh, but they're not great defenders. So Milwaukee, who has been one of the top teams in offense and defense the last couple of years, when you look at the efficiency numbers, they are now 10th in defensive rating. And, um, you know, so I, I think with the, the, the questions I have, with Giannis struggling to make shots over the top of the defense and off the dribble, and then also the questions about who is the second best player on Milwaukee is probably Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton. Historically, teams that win the championship have a number two guy who's better than that. Uh, and then when you look at their defense slipping a little bit, I'm not as high on Milwaukee. Despite all their issues, I, I still like Brooklyn um, better, and, and I like Philly better as well. So I, I'd, I'd at best have Milwaukee uh, as, as my third-ranked team as far as you know getting to the NBA Finals coming out of the Eastern Conference. This is BetQL Daily on the Better Guest, Ryan McDonough, NBA Insider, Radio.com. Subscribe to the Radio.com NBA show. Uh, Ryan, how about the Miami Heat? You, you wake up today and you look in the standings, and they have the 13th, 13th best record in the East at 6-11, and 11, dealing with a lot of injuries. Do they have what it takes to uh, bounce back once they get healthy and compete with the top five in the East? Yeah, they do. They, they do, but with a shortened season, guys, I mean, they, they better start turning it soon. Keep in mind this year, uh, for your viewers and listeners, it's only a 72-game season. Uh, so to the extent that Miami has played 17 games already, we're at about, you know, the quarter pole at this point, about 25% of the way through, and Miami's 13th in a 15-team conference. Uh, now, the advantage they have this year is, as you know, guys, I, I've harped on it on this show and others, and we'll continue to do so. This year, you only have to get in the top 10. Uh, ideally, you'd like to be in the top six because the top six in both conferences avoid the play-in scenario. Um, so Miami, at, you know, today, as we, I mentioned, they're only 6-11, and 11, uh, but they're only two and a half games back up six. That's how bunched uh, the Eastern Conference is, especially in the middle to bottom of the conference. So they can turn it around. Uh, Jimmy Butler, their best player, who was obviously phenomenal last year in the Orlando bubble. Uh, he's missed the majority of the season. They've had a bunch of guys out with injuries and, and COVID and contact tracing. So I think Miami will be okay, but there have been some, some flags, guys. I mean, one of the things that was uncharacteristic of an Eric Spolstra coach team, just watching the game last night, uh, Nikola Jokic, you know, when they're playing the Nuggets, Jokic gets the ball. It's a dead ball situation. And Jokic looks like a, a quarterback. I, I know Ross probably would appreciate the pass. He throws up, you know, like a football pass, the length of the court for a layup. That, that's not, you know, that's something that, the poorly coached teams uh, usually have, you know, happens to poorly coached teams or teams that are unprepared. That is obviously not the Miami Heat and Eric Spolster. He's one of the best coaches in the league, and they're one of the best prepared teams in the league. So uh, Miami needs to get healthy, but they also have a few things to button up as far as their their approach, especially on the defensive end of the court. What about the Celtics? What's been their biggest issue to start the season? Well, they haven't had their best players together and healthy. Uh, Kemba Walker missed the beginning of the year. With a knee injury, that, that's been a recurrent issue for Walker uh, throughout the course of his, his career, especially later in his career. Um, but, but that's something they're going to have to monitor and maintain uh, as the season goes on. Uh, Gordon Hayward obviously left for Charlotte. He wanted a bigger role with the Hornets, and he's gotten it. He's played pretty well for Charlotte. The, the Hornets are only 7-11, uh, but Hayward individually has had a very good year. Um, and then, you know, the, the, um, their best player, Jason Tatum, or, or one of their two best players, because Jalen Brown's been phenomenal, um, but one of their stud young wings, in Jason Tatum, um, you know, seemingly got COVID and has been out for a few weeks now. And um, look, he, he was an all-star, all-NBA player a year ago. He was, you know, trending toward a superstar. And, and in my opinion, as a guy who'll be in the MVP mix for a long, long time. So he hasn't played in a few weeks. So I think the Celtics will be fine, um, but they do need to stay healthy. They're not as deep as they have been in the past. Uh, keep in mind, guys, over the past two or three years, they've lost Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, um, you know, and, and others, Gordon Hayward, as I mentioned, Terry Rozier. 
So they're not as deep as they once were. And, uh, you know, so as I look at their team, though, I like their high-end talent. I like the way I think it's going to look when Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum are healthy. Uh, so let, let's wait and see what it looks like when those three guys are healthy before jumping to any conclusions about the Boston Celtics. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ryan, stay right there for us because we want to go over some teams in the Western Conference and take a look at the games going on tonight. There are four games in this NBA Thursday card. This is BetQL Daily on the bet, Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. More great NBA conversation with our guest, Ryan McDonough. Keep it locked into the bet. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker. Are there any other teams that, that are in the playoff picture that you expect to drop off or some that are not in the playoff picture? They'll get it figured out and they will be up there. Maybe it's a top five seed. Yeah, just checking the, the title futures before I came on with you guys this morning. One team I, I like a lot from a betting perspective is the Utah Jets. I think they're plus 2,500. Uh, that's 10th, I believe, in the league, in a 30-team league as far as title futures. Uh, I think they're a very good team. This is Shaq. I, I said tonight that uh, you are one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I said it on purpose. I want you to hear it. What do you have to say about that? All right. That's it. That's it? All right. That's it. Okay, cool. I mean, I you hear it. I've been hearing well, Shaq. I've been hearing that since my rookie year. You know, I'm just going to get back and do what I do. Good. At the end of the day. Well, that's what I want you to hear you say. Yes, Love your game, brother. Keep it up. Appreciate it. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker on the bet. <laughs> no other studio show, any other sport, any network is going to do that. BetQL tells you which side professional bettors are picking, provides real-time line movement and historical betting results. Get started today. BetQL.com, also available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, BetQL Daily on the bet at BetQL. On Twitter, make sure you are following us. Want to continue our conversation with Ryan McDonough at McDNBA. He hosts the Radio.com NBA show. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Uh, So, Ryan, that was a bit ago. Uh, You're saying, hey, the Jazz are not getting enough respect here as a 10th favorite over on points bet at 25 to 1. Well, now they're the 7th favorite at 20 to 1. 12 point victory last night over the Mavs without Donovan Mitchell at 20 to 1. Are the Jazz getting enough respect yet? No, I don't think so. And uh, I, I hope you, your listeners, uh, you know, listen to me last week when, when I gave them the odds. Like I hope they listened when I told them Kevin Durant was a good MVP pick at, at twelve to one. And uh, last I checked, I think he moved to, to eight to one. Um, but no, guys, I, I think Utah is playing as well as any team in the league, and I, I, or better than any team in the league. 
And I think they are a clear championship contender. I mean, they have everything you'd look for on both sides of the ball. They're in the top five in offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, usually to win a championship, you have to be in the top 10 in both categories. And, th- and they're one of the five best teams in, in both offensively and defensively. Uh, they've now won 10 games in a row. And something I, I put on my Twitter the other day, guys, that uh, actually I, I didn't fully realize um, just how good this guy had been uh, until I, I, I did some research. But uh, the runaway leader in the NBA to this point in plus minus is Mike Connolly. Connolly's it's a second year in Utah. He struggled his first year after a long, successful career as a Memphis Grizzly. But this year, he's number one in the league by a wide margin. Uh, number two and three are some pretty good players. Kawhi Leonard, excuse me, LeBron James is second uh, with the Lakers, and then Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers is third. Uh, but Mike Conley's been terrific, and the Jazz are rolling right now. Ryan, uh, I'm curious, because this is your background, right? Do you think like a homegrown team like the Jazz or like the Nuggets you think they can actually win it in today's NBA? Well, good question. I, I think those teams are a little bit of a, a blend, a little bit of a hybrid, Ross, some homegrown, but some uh, imported. And that's, you know, Mike Connolly was drafted uh, in the lottery by the Grizzlies, spent a decade, it should be 10 years plus, uh, in a Grizzlies uniform and has played, you know, terrifically well this year, as I mentioned, in a Jazz uniform. So uh, I, I don't think you can do it all from homegrown talent. But, but yeah, the, you, you bring up a, a good point with those two teams. Uh, the best players on Utah, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and Gobert was phenomenal last night. I think he had 29 points and 20 rebounds and was dominant in their win against the Mavericks. Uh, and then Donovan Mitchell, who's you know been an all-star, one of the better young guards in the league. Uh, those two guys stand out. And then you look at Denver's top two, Nikola Jokic, who, as we mentioned earlier, is an MVP candidate, and then Jamal Murray, who has a chance to be an all-star someday. Um, you know, so you can draft and develop guys, but you, you can't do it all through the draft. And that's why those teams have, you know, strategically used trades and free agency uh, more the trade market than the free agent market to improve their teams. Because uh, unfortunately, the reality of it as an NBA is if you have a basketball team in Denver or Salt Lake City, you're probably not a free agent destination. Uh, so you have to draft guys and trade for guys strategically. And, and Denver and Utah have done as well as that, as well at that as any team in the league. Our BetQL daily listeners and viewers need to be following Ryan McDonough at NBA because you, uh, kind of show you put out the uh, GM detector like okay teams are floating this this is what they mean by it and it happened the other day with the Pelicans uh, with Lonzo Ball and Redick Uh, why don't you give the reaction to some of the stuff that we've been seeing floated obviously uh, from the Pelicans about their players they're looking to move yeah I'm I'm glad you asked that you I I had to put that on my Twitter I, I call it the front office translator um, Chom Sharania from The Athletic uh, had, I'll just read the, the sentence from his article the other day, uh, said New Orleans has been receiving calls about the availability of Lonzo Ball and J.J. Redick and has shown an openness to discussing trades around both with interested teams. Uh, and what I translated that to me and guys after 15 years in NBA front offices with the Boston Celtics and Phoenix Suns is that um, New Orleans you know, would, quote, like to trade these, those guys, so please make us better offers. I think that's that, that's what it is. You, you know, any, anytime. Look, if if you actually just want to trade a player, uh, especially players that have interest around the league, as as Lonzo Ball and, and JJ Redick do at, at different levels, you can just do that quietly and at, at any time. Obviously, the offers are, are better and, and the deals are are, are consummated um, traditionally right before the deadline. And the trade deadline this year, as a reminder, is on March 25th, so we're still a few months out. Um, but but if if you're not getting great offers or if you would like to spur some activity and get people to, you know, maybe call you a little bit more or have interested teams think 
Uh, I think there is a heightened sense of urgency around those players. What you do is put out something like this through the media. It's like, look, uh, they're receiving calls. Uh, they're open to trading those guys at the right price. And uh, that's why I jokingly put out there that uh, I think New Orleans' thought process is, look, you know, we will trade Lonzo Ball and J.J. Redick. We've had some discussion uh, among uh, around those guys. I, I think a lot of it, guys, was probably generated from New Orleans, making outgoing calls to other teams. And uh, basically all that means is, um, you know, getting the word out that those guys are available. And so to the other 29 teams, if you have any interest in Redick, uh, Ball, or another name, uh, you know, who's definitely on the market as well as Eric Bledsoe, if you have interest in one of those three guys or a combination of those, those guys, give us a call because we're open for business. So what is the Pelicans' issue, Ryan, while we're talking about them? What is their issue, and what does that mean for Zion long-term? Yeah, a num- number of issues on, on both ends of the court. And unfortunately, if you're a fan of the Pelicans, uh, they're, they're currently 6-10. and 10. Um, They are 14th in, in the Western Conference. Only Minnesota has been worse. Uh, the numbers don't look that bad, guys. When I look at the point differential, they're only a minus 1.9. Uh, historically, teams in that range closer to 500 than, you know, 6 and 10, and it's still early. Uh, but they have a number of issues at both ends of the court. Uh, offensively, they just don't have the shooting on the perimeter. Uh, Lonzo Ball and J.J. Redick have both really struggled. And, and In fact, Ball is having one of the worst shooting uh, seasons in NBA history for a guy with that volume of attempts. Uh, Redick, as you guys know, has been uh, arguably you know, among the best shooters in the league for the last 10 to 15 years. Um, he's really struggled with the shooting. And, and when J.J. doesn't make shots, he's not – uh, nearly as effective as a player. That, that's the strength of his game. Uh, and then Bledsoe has struggled as well. Uh, so that's it offensively, and that hurts the spacing uh, for their two young stars, Zion Williamson and Brenda Ingram. And then defensively, guys, um, you, you know, I, I've seen some concerning things from not, not only from the team, but from Zion in particular. I mean, he's a, he's a freak athlete. Everybody gets excited uh, with the highlight dunks and blocks and his explosiveness, and I, and I do too. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. Um, but there are a lot of things he needs to learn defensively as far as technique, uh, getting in a defensive stance as far as uh, defensive rotations, giving second efforts, things like that. Some of the nuances of the game, he's you know he's still young, but he is lacking in those areas. And he's not the only one on New Orleans. So uh, they, they brought in an old-school uh, hard-nosed coach in Stan Van Gundy who's defensive-minded. So I think you'll see some improvement there as the year goes on. Uh, currently, New Orleans is ranked 23rd on the defensive end. Again, they're young, but uh, I think they need to add more shooting offensively and then get more solid and hold their young players accountable on the defensive end of the court. With Ryan McDonough, the host of the Radio.com NBA show, this is the bet. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker here. Uh, I want to follow up on Lonzo a little bit because he's the big name that a lot of people are talking about right now. And you just went over some of the regression that we're seeing from Lonzo Ball in year number four. New coach, some changes down there. But uh, if you were looking to add right now, would you be looking at Lonzo Ball or, or would there be alarm bells going off year four regression? I don't like what I'm seeing in his development. Well, I, I like the player and I like the talent, Joe. I think it would depend on the situation, you know, which front office I was in and, and the timeline of that franchise. Uh, for example, uh, we have a lot of Chicago-based folks on uh, Radio.com and, and, and BetQL. Um, if I was with the Bulls, I, I'd be interested in Lonzo Ball. Um, because I, I think he's what they need, a, a playmaking point guard. I, I love Kobe White shooting and scoring ability. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's the biggest hole for Chicago long term. Um, but, but the challenge there, guys, is Lonzo Ball is going to be a free agent this offseason. So if you have salary cap space uh, with his struggles, his market in terms of the dollars and years he will get has obviously gotten down. Um, so you may be able to get him in free agency. 
Uh, however, if you trade for them now, you control that, right, as a team. And so if, if the price is right, if the ask isn't too high for Lonzo Ball, uh, you could trade for him and then, uh, you know, make a determination over the last few months of the season as far as how he plays in your uniform, how well he fits or doesn't fit with the rest of the pieces in your roster, and then decide to, to either give him a new contract in free agency or if you want to see what the market is, you could let him get an offer sheet somewhere else and then decide to, to match or pass on the offer sheet. Uh, so I still like the talent. Uh, I like the way he was trending a year ago, guys. And then I don't know what happened during the hiatus. As you guys know, it impacted everybody differently uh, when the league shut down from March to July. And unfortunately for Alonzo Ball, coming out uh, of the, the hiatus going into the Orlando bubble, he really struggled shooting the basketball in Orlando. And unfortunately for Alonzo and the Pelicans, those struggles have continued this season. All right. What about uh, – what about – your former team, the Suns, Suns and the Warriors, they're a pick em tonight, Ryan. Yeah, I've been tracking that one. Uh, you know, Ross getting ready to come on uh, with you and Joe this morning. Th that line has really fluctuated and moved. Um, th that's a tricky one for me because both teams played last night. Uh, Golden State played at home. They beat Minnesota. They weren't particularly taxed in that game, uh, beating a, a bad Timberwolves team. Uh, Phoenix had a harder fight game uh, at home. So Phoenix doesn't have to travel, uh, but Phoenix had a bad loss to OKC. They were up big early and, and then collapsed uh, kind of in the second half as, as um, you know, OKC led a young, um, OKC's younger, youngsters led by Shea Gillis-Alexander charged back and won the game late in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, so that one's tricky for me because uh, a lot of it depends on the availability of Devin Booker. He's been out with a hamstring. My guess is he doesn't play tonight. Um, but just, you know, with, with, okay, excuse me, with Golden State uh, playing the late game last night, keep in mind those national TV games uh, start later and, and take longer because of the crystals and all that. So I'd, I'd be a little hesitant. I mean, I, I slightly lean toward Golden State just the way the Suns have been struggling. And without Booker, uh, Cameron Payne has been out as well. He's played a nice role for Phoenix off the bench. Uh, and Dario Sarge has been out uh, seemingly with COVID. Uh, so I, I'd lean toward the Warriors if, it, if it's a pick them. Uh, but I, I don't feel strongly about that. Um, what I'm looking at, guys, of the four on the slate tonight uh, that stands out a little bit is uh, Miami. Uh, they're they're a, about a four-point favorite on points bet. Uh, they're at home. I, I know the Heat have struggled, um, but at, they're playing the L.A. Clippers, and the Clippers don't have their best players, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and, and Patrick Beverly uh, on the road. The Clippers lost the other night in Atlanta. Um, so if, if I had to pick one game of the four tonight uh, to bet the spread, uh, I like Miami minus four. Okay, Miami Heat minus four. Yeah, the Clippers. I watched that entire game against the Heat. <laughs> they didn't. They did not look too great, as expected. What about the Lakers and the Pistons tonight? There's another game. Both teams come are on back to backs here. Uh, Lakers favored by nine and a half off the loss. What kind of effort do you expect? Yeah, that that one's a scary one for me, guys, um, because I, I think the Lakers will win. Uh, you know, they're good. They're good enough, and they've been locked in enough this year to, to do that. Um, I, I just don't know if they'll win by double digits, right? I, I could see a scenario in which, you know, they're up uh, 15, 18 and take their foot off the gas and then it's a backdoor cover. Um, so Detroit has not been very good this year. They're four and 14, but they have been competitive, right? They, they haven't had as many blowouts. Uh, for example, as, as a team I just mentioned, the Minnesota Timberwolves are four and 13 and their point differentials uh, almost double digits. It's a minus 9.7. Uh, Detroit is only 4 and 14, but their differential is only 4.1. Uh, so the Pistons aren't a good team. They've been losing, but they've been competitive in those losses. Uh, so, you know, with a back to back, with travel, uh, I think the Lakers will win. Personally, I, I would not feel strongly about betting that one. Uh, if I did, I, I take the Lakers, obviously, to win the game. 
uh, but the Pistons to cover, barely cover the nine and a half point spread. Ryan, just have a few seconds left. What's coming up on the next radio.com NBA show? Yeah, actually, you guys, we're recording one here uh, in about half an hour. Be up later this afternoon. We have on Dave Pash. You guys know Dave, one of the best play-by-players in the business. Uh, We'll talk NBA. Uh, He he knows the NBA. He knows college. Uh, But we'll be NBA heavy today. He he knows the top team. So we'll get into that. Record it uh, again about half an hour, and that'll be up a few hours from now. uh, Ryan McDonough from at McDNBA. This is BetQL Daily on the Bet. It's BetQL Daily on the Bet. Download the BetQL app today to get the latest data and analytics to help you beat the sportsbooks.